Welcome to Confessions of a Wife, Mom, and Realtor, the raw podcast all about the messy, true lives of working moms in real estate. In this podcast, we talk about the hilarious mishaps and successes that are pretty much guaranteed when it comes to selling real estate while managing a family. I'm your host, Nicole Ward, the boots on the ground toddler mom who swears like a sailor and fails extravagantly, all while running my own real estate business. So grab a juice box and that basket of clean laundry that still needs folded because we're going to jump right in. Welcome back to Confessions of a Wife, Mom, and Realtor. I'm Nicole Ward, your host, and today I have Kate Ash with us today. Hi, Kate. You got it. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I said it right, Kate Ash, but it's spelled like I was trying to say it like Osek, and it just, it's Ash. That's an amazing way to spell that. Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, story with my last name is um, I married it and divorced it and kept it. So it's not even really mine. I'm still just borrowing it. Okay. I mean, hey, why not? <laughs> if it works yeah. for you. If it's recognizable for you, it's really hard to change your name when you are a business owner and people know you by your name. So that's yeah. tough. It is. So yeah. tell me a little bit about like when you got your license and where you were in life when you got your license. Okay. When I got my real estate license, it was 2002 and I was pregnant with my first son and wow. I had uh, not gone to college and I really thought it was do or die with being pregnant and having a baby and feeling like I needed something right. to do at some point in the future. And I really kind of felt like it was now or never. So I really wanted, a, if not a degree, a certificate, a license. And so real something. estate was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I felt somewhat accomplished. I was pretty young. I was 23. Was there any um, like light bulb moment where you're like, oh, I'm going to get my real estate license because, or how did it come to the point where you were pregnant and you're like, I need to do something professional and you got your real estate license? A broker locally, neighbor of mine, lived down the street. Her name's Mary. And Mary would hit me up every few months and say, um, I think you should get your real estate license. And I was like, nah. So now I really think you should get your real estate license. And she was just totally recruiting. And I was so naive. Um, right. But I, it really did kind of sink to like, well, yeah, I guess maybe I could do that. I like, I like design and I like homes and I like people. So yeah, why not? I'll get my real estate license. Yeah. The barrier did you think to it was so low and easy. It was like, okay, I can do that. Easy to do, easy to get. And yeah. I'm sure at the time, and that's what my question was going to be is, did you feel like it was going to be totally HGTV when you got your license? <laughs> now, remember, this was 2002. Like, pretty I, that's much true. HGTV. It almost didn't even exist yet. Maybe a little bit of like uh, Nate Burkus <laughs> on Oprah or something like that. But um, right. No, it was just. No, that's it was interesting and funny. I mean, affordable. Think about it. It was a long time ago. It was 21 years ago. No, that's true. It was. What was the show with Tim Allen? I wasn't on HGTV. He was like a Mr. Fix-It. And didn't he do Tim, a show Tim where like... Man. Home Improvement. Yeah, Home Improvement with Tim the Tool Man. I'm not saying yeah. you're old. I promise you I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying <laughs> no, I'm like... I mean, that was I mean, the show. I'm kind of old, <laughs> kind of old oh for all that. Yeah, like my career has come along with social media. I'm, the internet was... 
and the M MLS online was very new when I got my license. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. So you were pregnant with your first when you got your real estate license. So yeah. that first year, I'm thinking only because I've got two little ones that are one yeah. and two, that first year must have been incredibly difficult. Tell me about how that was having a baby and starting your real estate business. So it wasn't because my mindset was not that I was starting a real estate business. Okay. I was going to go sell some houses. It was very, I did not need to support my family with income. So I was fortunate in that regard. Um, okay. my, my goal my first year was to make enough money to pay for our family to go on vacation. My oh, that's husband a great at goal. the time did not like to pay for vacations. And I was accustomed to going on vacation every winter. Gotcha. And I thought, okay, that's fine. I'll just make enough money. So I'll pay for that part and it'll be great. And that's exactly what I did for about the first eight years of my career. Oh I was part-time. I raised my boys at home. Uh, I sold houses on the side. It was very much a part-time realtor. So tell me a little bit, because now I'm curious. You said you raised your boys. So last I remembered, you were pregnant, but I didn't even ask you about you know, your partner or spouse. So throughout this whole time, tell me about your husband and your family dynamic through those first eight years. Um, it was, we was, we were just a little all American family. He worked right. uh, a normal nine to five job and I stayed home with the kids. Um, I had three sons in four and a half years and oh I was just doing the stay at home. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I did. Uh, I yeah, can't imagine the first eight to 10 years. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, I mean, that sounds amazing. I think that it would be, I mean, that's the hardest job on the planet. You cannot convince me that there is a more difficult job than being a stay-at-home mom, period. There, there just isn't a more difficult job than that. But what I will say is I have a daughter who's two and I have a son who's one. So I know how it feels to have, you know, kids that are close in age, but my son, like I couldn't imagine having more than one of him. Like yeah, he is a, lot. <laughs> a tornado. I mean, uh -huh. I call him the Tasmanian devil and he even runs around the house going da 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 And I'm like, you're such a Taz. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was oh at one gosh. point I, I remember looking at the boys and saying like, did you, do you guys have a meeting at night or in the morning and decide who's going to break what today? Like right. you just take turns destroying <laughs> everything we own. Yeah. That was a time and space that was fun. And I oh. just, I, I sold enough homes to literally pay for our vacations. I made okay. $10,000 a year, $15,000 a year. That was it. I was completely satisfied. Okay. I mean, that's what, two or three deals a year. And yeah. that's ultimately, I mean, after you pay, obviously for your realtor fees and, you know, your splits and all of that stuff at the end of the day, that money paid for your vacation. That's amazing. So what was your favorite vacation out of those eight years that you were able to provide for your family? Well, we went to the Florida Keys and I took my dad with us and we oh, stayed so cool. at a, an amazing resort in Duck Key. Yeah, it was pretty memorable. We have some good ones. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. So obviously there was a shift because I'm pretty sure you sell quite a bit of real estate now. And I believe I might be wrong in saying this, um, but are you a team leader as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> what happened between selling a few houses a year to now you're a team leader? How did that happen? Uh, well, I decided uh, to leave uh, my husband. We got a divorce. Okay. And I was, uh, I made $20,000 in 
the last year that we were together and he was sort of like, well, if you want out, you can leave. And so I said, okay, I'm not sure if you realize what I do for a living, but it's bricks and sticks, babe. I'll buy more. You keep these. Right. Right. And I made a a game plan and moved out and moved actually down the street. So our kids were still close and they didn't feel abandoned because that was torturesome for me to, right. I didn't want them to feel that way. Right. And, uh, but I had to do this for myself um, and not to go too deep into all of that, but it was just, I felt very unaccomplished. Being a stay at home mom is the hardest job. It is much easier to go to work, but it's also, um, you know, there's not that you need awards or acknowledgement. There's just, it's not, I didn't feel like I was accomplishing enough with my life. It should be enough, but didn't feel that way to me. I needed to do something more, some kind of achievement. I don't even know what I was looking for, but I needed something. Well, I mean, it's fulfilling to watch your kids grow, but it's very, very slow. I mean, you don't really know how your little humans are going to turn out until they're not little humans anymore. And True. so as we're human beings. I mean, and I, if y'all have to forgive me, I have a psych degree, but as you know, human beings, we need affection and it, an affection can be in the form of praise for doing a good job or something like that. Like we are human beings. That's how we operate. That's how we mentally function. And that sounds like a very difficult time in your life. You were a mom, you had kids, you didn't have the support that you that people get used to when they are in relationships. So mm-hmm. that must have been really, really, really hard. So it was. you, you so, s- separated. What happened? Separated. I met with uh, my attorney and she said, so I see what you're paying in rent over here and your expenses. And I see that you made uh, $20,000 last year and she went back for the three years. I think I made 20,000 and then like 12,000 and then eight, like not a lot of money for a three year history. And uh, she said, you don't make enough money to actually even just to pay your bills. So I think you should, you know, ask for more child support or alimony or something. And I said, I don't want to, we've both agreed to split. We're going to do this 50, 50. And when I have the kids, he pays, I pay for them. And when he has the kids, he pays for them. I don't want any money from him monthly. I don't want a penny because I really felt like that would be holding something over my head. Sure. I wanted to do it on my own accord. And so she said, what do you like, what's your plan? And I said, it's, I'll just sell more houses. That's what I'm going to do. And I made it a mental goal of mine to make more money than my soon to be ex-husband Right. (laughs) I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here going, this chick, I bet you she made more money than her ex. I bet you. (laughs) I was like, just give them like, that's my goal. I'm going to make as much or more than, than you do. And it was a, it was a, almost a, you can't do it sort of a scenario. And I said, watch me. So yeah, I love it. I actually could really thank him for that (laughs) because it was a huge driving force in uh, failure is not an option. That was my mantra. I bet. I bet. Okay. So if you did it on your own and it's, I clearly you did, you did it on your own. Um, Just a a kind of emotional question here because I'm curious, but did your relationship with your ex for parenting purposes stay kosher because you did not accept the child support or alimony because you did it on your own and you amicably split, did you have a 
decent working parenting relationship with him moving forward? You could call it decent. Decent? I mean, I'm sure there was difficult times. There always is when it comes to a split. But I'm just curious because, you know, I've I've seen some really horror – bad stories about just parenting gone wrong where the kids end up really messed up. So I'm just curious how that played out for you. No, I think they came out all right. So uh, fast forward today, my oldest, our oldest son is 20 and his brother's 18 and his youngest brother is 15. And um, I uh, got into a new relationship several years ago and added a daughter who's two years old to the mix. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome to motherhood yeah. again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been, it's been great. And no one really saw that one coming, including myself <laughs> at that point in my career. But uh, yeah, it's right. just been, it's been really great this time around. I, I was kind of rushing through the kids when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Just when you have multiple, you're just kind of waiting for the next phase. Like, okay, now this, now you're potty trained or now I can't wait for you to go to kindergarten all day. And now I can't wait for you to get your driver's license. And if there's moms with young kids and you're thinking that that's the next, you're always to that next thing, what's coming next. Like you're almost just looking forward to it because it's somehow selfishly, it's going to ease your burden just a little bit. Try and live in the now. I rushed through my kids when my boys, I really did yeah. getting to the next phase. And there are many times that I reflect back that I failed to really live in the moment. That's really hard. It's funny because the number one bit of advice that I get, like, you know, I give myself grace to say that it's okay if I don't want to be around my kids right now. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to need a break. It's okay to need these things. But the number one bit of advice I get from other moms is enjoy the moment because it won't last or try to enjoy the moments because it won't last. But the funny part is, is I don't need people to remind me that. I don't wish that those times would move faster. I don't wish that we would get to the next phase. Yes, sometimes I wish I could get a break, but I don't wish to get to the next phase. And that's what everyone says to me. And so I feel because like- I don't what, think that you're normal with that. Most people that's don't- what a lot that way. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that what you're saying now that those feelings of, I would say almost regret the feelings that you're yeah. talking about. Um, those are the mo- probably extremely common, the most common mom feeling of guilt that any mom can have is like, I wish I would have done this more back then. I hear that so often. So you aren't yeah. alone is what I'm trying to say. When I'm yeah, no, to. I know there's a lot of other girls feeling that way too. You just, you mm-hmm. try, you rush through things to get to the next phase and then you kind of missed you know, what that phase was. So with my daughter, I've been able to really, I'm I'm an older mom. I'm 43 years old and uh, it's different. It really is different. I have a lot more patience this time and I Mm -hmm. do have that reflection to be able to to look back and say, we're really going to enjoy this, this moment or this day or this, this phase. That's amazing. And how lucky your daughter is to have three older brothers that can probably whoop some ass if needed, right? <laughs> She's going to have like four dads is pretty much how that's going to yeah. go. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty adorable. Uh, they were not happy. They were not happy when I told them that I was pregnant. So that was also really. True. Oh, yeah. They were how- mad. Were they really? They cared oh, yeah. that much? Why? Was it that you were starting over? Was it the impact it was going to be on their life? Or what? what was the deal? Well, I think each one of them was affected a little bit differently. Um, my oldest son was more indifferent, kind of almost one foot out the door as a senior in high school anyway. Like, whatever, mm-hmm. mom, D- 
do whatever you're going to do. But he was right. just kind of disenfranchised with the whole thought. Right. Um, I also think that at his age, if you put yourself in an 18 year old boy's shoes for a moment, your mom being pregnant is disgusting. Right. It just I, is. I, I, there, I get it. a teenage boy because you know how that happens and they know now how that happens and that's just gross. They right. don't want to think about that with their mom. So it's funny. <laughs> yeah. So there was that. And then, uh, and then Donnie was just more shocked, literal, just no, no, a blank stare. Shocked. Right. And okay. the baby, Derek was very reactionary of a baby, uh, the, the youngest of the family to be super emotional about not being the baby anymore, I think yes. is how that translated out. But the, mm -hmm. the funny part is when he, it's funny now wasn't funny the night that I sat them at right. the table and told them, but uh, yeah, he cried. Um, two of them, two out of three cried. And the youngest one uh, was so upset that he ran upstairs sobbing. And please tell me him, you recorded it. <laughs> I, I let him do that for a little while. And then I went upstairs and he was doing like the toddler, like <laughs> that he was oh my so upset. And I'm, I said, Derek, going to be, I mean, it's going to really going to be okay. This is not that bad. And there's two things that he said that are super memorable. He said, mom, are you going to keep it? <laughs> I know. I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> tell me you had a hard time not laughing. <laughs> yes, like exactly. I was floored. And then he said, but you're so old. <laughs> oh my gosh. Boys. So Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like she's two now. So mm -hmm. does she have all of them wrapped around her little finger? 100%. 100%. What's my sister doing today? What's my sister this? Donnie takes her to Walmart to look at toys. Like it's, it's all good. But that was a really, really hard time. <laughs> Oh, I bet. You know, it's, I have, um, an 18 year old, I call him my bonus son because I don't like the word step, but I married into, I, he was nine when I married my husband. And so I've been a part of his life, half of his life now. He's 18. He's getting ready to graduate from high school this year. And, um, he did not have the reaction that your boys had when we told him that we were pregnant. Um, but I'm sure he thought it was probably gross and, you know, other, other things too. But he's said two things that I just cannot forget. The first thing is he doesn't ever want to have kids. So us having two little ones was great birth control for our 18-year-old. <laughs> I second that. I second yep. that. Yep, great birth control. And then the next thing, um, you know, is that he absolutely adores his little sister. Like they are tight when he is around. He loves hanging out with her. She says the cutest things to him and him to her. And it is, it's adorable to see the 18 year old versus two year old little girl. You know, it's, it's cute. I like it. Yeah, it is. It's pretty special. So, so you are, um, you know, at the point in your career where you've gotten through, I mean, you have a two-year-old, but you've raised kids, you've, you've got a family going on, you've been through some difficult times. Now you're a team leader. Now you're, you know, doing big real estate things in your life. You know, what is something that you've learned over the past since 2002? So what, 21 years? What's 21 something years. you've learned over the past 21 years that you feel like would be one bit of great advice you could share with newbie realtor moms that are just getting into the, the industry? Um, 
uh, my advice is to really double down on your tribe and be your authentic self. Uh, trying to be something to everybody uh, is, is, is you'll, that's the, I think the grave disappointment that you feel when you don't have that connection. You're just yeah. trying to literally just be someone in every different moment. So I, I, I wish I would have embraced my authentic self sooner and realized that 50% of the people in your world are not going to like you. They're not going to like what you say or what you do or what you wear, what your opinion is or how you answer the phone. They're just they're not going to like the way that you do things. And that's OK. Those are not your people. Let them go. Bring in it. bring in the people that that truly that you connect with and that that makes your job so easy because you're on the same page already. And if you, I totally agree, I'm a cut to the chase kind of a girl. I struggle with. um uh, stereotypes that want numbers and graphs and charts. And so I can give that kind of stuff, but really the experience, if that's what they're looking for, there might actually be another fit for them that's better than me. Mm -hmm. And then conversely, there's other people that, you know, I might show up to your appointment on your 10 acre farm in my boots and stocking hat. And if you expected some other sort of professional look, I'm just not your girl because that's who I am. Right. Yeah. So I love it. And tacking on to what you're saying, because um, I, I do have people, um, I, we're in the real estate industry, and I'm going to be 100% honest when I say this, is there is a war between brokers, brokerages or brokers. And it, A, it annoys me, but B, I don't care. And I don't, and I tell people, I tell all of my agents this and people that I know in the industry this, I said, it does not matter the, the name, the broker that you hang above your name, it's your tribe that matters. Yeah. You need to find the people that you fit in with, that you work well with, that you want to, you know, you want to be like them and, and they want to be like you and you enjoy surrounding. You're a better person. You grow a better business when you're around them. That's what matters. And I love that you said that. That just, it means so much. And it's so yeah, true. There's some local brokerages in my neck of the woods that are, I'll describe them as hoity-toity. And I'm just never going to, I'm never going to fit in with that because those are nope. not my people. I just, right. I'm probably too brash for them as well. So that's fine. You guys do your thing over there and I'm going to be down here in Columbia in the County. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's your but, people. It's the people that count. Absolutely. Yeah. I and love if it. you can convey that on social media now with your mm -hmm. content, whether they like you or not, it will gain traction and gain followers that people really know who you are and don't try and be someone that you're not. Just yep. don't. Have you ever read um, uh, Outrageous Authenticity by Lee Brown? No. It's a great book. So Lee Brown is a broker. She owns her own brokerage oh. um, out of, oh gosh, somewhere somewhere on the East Coast. And she actually Short ran- hair. She yeah. Yep. Hair. She's thin. I've seen yep. her speak. Yep. She teaches at OA. She comes to the OAR conventions. She yeah. teaches at NAR conventions. She's fantastic. And she runs for politics and office as well. But she has a book. It's a real like two hour listen on Audible and it's called Outrageous Authenticity. And it's a fantastic book. So anybody listening to the show right now or for your purposes, definitely listen to it because it's a great book. Try so, it. Okay. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so two things left. First of all, if anybody listening to the show wants to reach out to you or connect with you, Kate Ash, not OSEC, Ash, guys, Kate Ash, 
how would they get in touch with you? Uh, well, you could just uh, type my name into Google and my phone number will appear pretty much everywhere. Um, you okay. can also find me on Facebook. Uh, we run the team under the brand, The Creative Ones. So okay. you can find like us that on one. that on that. Yeah, as well. That's been a, a new adventure for us with the new rebranding of our team last year. Um, the goal with that was to attract agents under an umbrella mm-hmm. to allow them to truly uniquely be themselves. Um, I love it. I really That's felt fantastic. like I was probably never going to attract amazing talent if they were always going to be shadowed by team Kate. Right. I totally agree to with that. Someone else, they want to be themselves and they are themselves and they are uniquely um, their own brand within the support of our brand, the creative ones. So that's a hundred percent that, you know, I got um, a few brokerages ago cause I've bounced a couple of times till I landed where I was. But one of the brokerages that I was at before um we had we I was a part of a team and this was when I was a newer agent. So I had joined a team, but the team name wasn't the name of the team leader. Like it was just a generic name, kind of like yours, like the creatives. You know, it was like, um, you know, I, I forget it, but it wasn't her name, the team mm-hmm. leader's name. And they told us that we had to change it to be the team leader's name because they didn't want me to be on her team. They wanted me to, to be on my own and not on her team. And they were being a little bit snarky about it. So they forced mm. the team lead to change the name of the team. And wow. I thought that was like crazy. I know, right? Crazy. Small yeah. brokerage, you know, not no big yeah. deal brokerage, but I thought that that was an interesting one. Anyways, yeah. um, so people know how to get a hold of you. And at this point, there's only one question left. And every listener that we have on the show waits till the end of the episode to get to this point. But I got to ask you, the show is called Confessions of a Wife, Mom, and Realtor. So what's your confession? Boy, we talked about this one earlier. So um, I don't, I honestly, like, I don't even know what to, what to say. Um you did kind of say already about you kind of gave your confession a little bit, you know, with your situation and all of that. But and your bit of advice was actually really good too. But tell us something juicy. Tell us something you may have never said out loud before. Come on. <laughs> Get lay it out there. Lay it out there. <laughs> oh. Um gosh, I don't know. I just uh I think that trying to juggle, I'll tie this back to the kids. Um, I, I know I heard one of your podcasts about moms taking their kids on appointments with them. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they have no idea what it takes until they see it. But when you're, when you raise a, a family with real estate, they're in the car with you all of the time and they're listening to your conversations and they're, they're always, they're tagging along and they're literally picking that all up. Um, and I, 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 I lie to my kids about what I make. Um, they ask me how much I made on a house or what that sold for. <laughs> and, and I, and I, I lie about the money to them all the time. I always underestimate right. what I, what I make. And I will tell them that I don't have uh, money for something uh, that they want to go do or buy. Um, and I will tie that back to like, I didn't sell enough houses this month. So I'm, I just, I, don't, I can't afford it right now. I, I mean, that's can. great. But I, I think that's fantastic. 
But but how else are they going to if they feel like you are just made of money and you're a money tree, you know, they 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 won't appreciate the things that you do give them. They won't appreciate how much work it takes to earn. Like I I think that's a great confession, by the way. But I also think that that's the right thing to do. And I probably would do the same thing with my little ones when they're older. So, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Anyways, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so excited that everyone got a chance to meet you and get to know you. Great conversation. And you guys stay tuned for next week's episode. It's going to be fantastic. So thank you, Kate. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, mamas. Thanks for tuning in to Confessions of a Wife, Mom, and Realtor. If you like today's confession, make sure you subscribe to hear more juicy stories from other realtor moms like you. See you next week.